After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos Shushan Purim morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shabby, 
Good morning. Testament of our dear friend and relative Samuel B. Cohen. Oh. 
I, Samuel Benjamin Cohen, being of sound mind and body, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. Number one, to my son, my beautiful boy Sheldon, my firstborn, who made me proud of him all my life, a fine son, a good husband, a wonderful father, and the best dentist in the United States. To my son Sheldon, I bequeath tax-free one million dollars. Wonderful. Isn't that magnificent? Good luck, Sheldon. Number two, to my beautiful daughter Jane, with a Y. To that lovely child who always got high marks and helped her mother with the dishes when we couldn't afford a maid, who got a scholarship to Hunter College, who for a long time has been a little too particular or she'd be married already. To my lovely daughter Jane with a Y, tax-free one million dollars. Such a generous man. Isn't that beautiful? Mazel tov. Number three, to my beautiful wife Miriam, friend, companion, love of my life. To the lovely Miriam, I give with pleasure everything that's not in her name already. The white Chrysler Imperial with the white sidewalls. And the Prince's Telephone, the Picasso from the back of the store, my Arnold Palmer golf clubs with a new leather bag, and tax-free $2 million in cash. Enjoy, sweetheart, enjoy. What a marvelous husband. An angel, not a man, an angel. The Picasso from back of the store and everything. <laughs> Number four, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who lived with us all of his life, who never had to do a day's work, who knew how to handicap the ponies better than anybody, who only smoked the finest cigars, mine. To my brother-in-law, Louis, who all his life said I would never remember him in my will. Hello, Louis.
and I'll pick up to eat. <laughs> Then I'll take the subway to the Long Island Railroad and I'll take the train. Oh, Mama, Please, darling, it's only an hour and a half to the bus. <laughs> and then I'll take the bus and from where the bus stopped, I'll walk the 14 blocks to your house. <laughs> and for you, darling, I'll put the children to bed and for you, I'll change the sheets and I'll give them an aspirin. So they shouldn't yell and I'll clean up the house and I'll cook something nice for the 20 ladies. They'll love it. Just don't worry, darling. Everything will be okay. Isn't that what a mother is for? Oh, Mama. Thank you. I feel so much better. By the way, sweetheart, if it's snowing and the car wouldn't start this morning, how did Sam get to work? Sam, your husband. My husband's name is Paul. Is this Tremont 71166? No, this is Tremont 71177. Does that mean you're not coming? <laughs> Wir 
foreman of the jury, have you reached a verdict? Judge, Your Honor, we have been listening to the facts in this case for six weeks, and it has been a wonderful experience for us all. We, the jury, would like to thank you for the way you have conducted this case. Thank you, Mr. Rubinowitz. But the verdict, please. Certainly, Your Honor. We, the jury, Mr. Cohen, Mr. Fine, Mr. Landsberg, the lovely Mrs. Berkowitz. Thank you, Mr. Robinowitz. You're welcome. 
Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict. Coming, Your Honor. Mr. Goldberg, Mr. Katz, Mr. Stein, Mrs. Cantor, Mr. I'm not lovely. The lovely Mrs. Cantor. Mr. Rabinowitz, Mr. Finkelstein, Mr. Bloom, and Mr. Pinkus the Furrier. <laughs> Your Honor, the 12 of us have spent the past four days in the jury room debating this case. And we examined the evidence pro and con and backwards and forwards to decide in the American way, did he or didn't he do it? <laughs> Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict, and now. Immediately, Your Honor. We, the jury, after careful deliberation on this case, have decided we shouldn't make sin. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. That is one of the best. That is one of the best. The jury from our... Adar comedy segments. Friday morning on this March 2nd, the 15th of Adar. Today is Shushan Purim. We are really concentrating in the early part of the show on our Purim music because today is Purim in Yerushalayim. So we defer to our uh, <coughs> to our <coughs> to our center of the Jewish world. <coughs> Excuse me. We defer to our center of the Jewish world, Jerusalem, Israel. And uh, really load up on the Purim music on this uh, early part of our Shushan Purim program here at JM and the AM. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten for sitting in yesterday on Purim. Todarabah, Mayor Weingarten, and happy Purim and Shushan Purim to you. Today, we are going to, we ba- we'll, we'll basically have our Friday schedule today. We are going to be drawing the winner in the um, NCSY Summer Israel Raffle. We are going to be drawing the winner and announcing that with David Cutler who's going to join us. That'll be in the 7 o'clock hour. After that, Malcolm Honline will be with us. He is scheduled to be with us. A lot of news this week, especially about Malcolm's future with the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. So we will speak with him about that and other pieces of news. Then at about 8.10-ish, I would assume, around 8.10, we're going to wrap up the weekly update a little earlier and get to Rabbi Yudin, and I'm going to be hitting the road. I'm going to be hitting the road with Gavri Siegel, as we get set to uh, root on the uh, Yeshiva University Maccabees in York, Pennsylvania this afternoon. Um, it's really an honor to be there with the team, with uh, some of its biggest fans, with family members, etc. And we are looking forward to uh, a great Shabbos out there in York, Pennsylvania. And we are looking forward to a great performance by the Yeshiva University Maccabees later today. Everyone's excited. They are in the first round of the round of 64, meaning the uh, first round of the NCAA Division Three March Madness. And um, what can I say? Go, Max. Go, Max. Go, Max. Special good morning to Janet and Lior Hode, who I believe are almost ready to head into the car and start their trek to York, Pennsylvania. A big shout-out to them. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa with Kendall lighting time at 528 on this Erev Shabbos. 528, 41 degrees outside, some rain, some wind, and a high temperature of 43. Showers and wind early tonight, low 37. And tomorrow morning clouds, afternoon sun, high uh, Shabbos 48 here in New York. 66 right now in Yerushalayim for Shushan Purim, 41 in New York City as we get set for uh, plenty more here at JM in the AM. 
So Rabbi Yudin will be joining us, of course. Malcolm Holmline, as I mentioned. Uh, David Cutler, NCSY. The big raffle announcement. Um, plenty more. Plenty more on a Friday morning. Erev Shabbos, as you would suspect. Uh, for our friends in Jerusalem, this is for you from Shlomo Katz. Yaakov, Tahala, Vesamecha, Birotam Yahad, Tailet, Mordechai, Shoshanat Yaakov, Tahala, Vesamecha, Birotam Yahad, Tailet, Mordechai, Shoshanat Yaakov, Tahala, Vesamecha, Birotam Yahad, Tailet, Mordechai, Shoshanat Yaakov, Tahala, Vesamecha, Birotam Yahad, Tailet, Mordechai.
Hashem helped Mordechai and Esther lead the Jewish people to victory. Hooray! And when we hear the name Haman, stamp your feet, make lots of noise, or boo, boo, boo! Show Shagnaz Yachot, so halov is soneh, if habir osom yachat, velez Mordechai. Show Shagnaz Yachot, so halov is soneh, if habir osom yachat, velez Mordechai. Chew a song, chew a song, Coming to deliver Shalach Manos. Wow, those Hamantashin look great! 
This little joke did cure him And don't forget we owe him thanks For this jolly feast of Purim Oh, today we'll merry, merry be Oh, today we'll merry, merry be Oh, today we'll merry, merry be And not some humantation Very nice flight, isn't it? Very nice. 
By the way, I can't help but admire that fabulous diamond ring you are wearing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's 40 carats. <laughs> it's the famous Plotnik and diamond. The Plotnik diamond? Forgive my ignorance, but I'm not familiar with it. Well, uh, between the Star of India and the Hope Diamond is the Plotnik Diamond. I never knew. You know, I would give anything to own a diamond like that. Oh, believe me, you wouldn't want it. Along with this diamond comes a case. The Plotnik case. The Plotnik curse. <gasps> Isn't that romantic? Not so romantic. You know what kind of a curse goes along with it. It's terrible. What is the curse that goes along with it? Mr. Plotnik. (laughs) America's one and only Jewish Moments of the Morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Malcolm Holmline is expected to join us post his major announcement this week about his future with the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. It's 40 minutes from now. That'll be a little bit shorter than usual since at about 8.15 this morning, we're heading to York, Pennsylvania for the YU Max. We're going to be hitting the road. Uh, Also, David Cutler, NCSY Summer Raffle. We'll be announcing the winner at about 7.30 this morning. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next on a Friday at JNN. הסתיימה חקירתו באזהרה של ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו בפרשת בזק לאחר כחמש שעות. רעייתו, שרה נתניהו, ממשיכה להעיד בתיק זה במשרדי להב 433. הבוקר הוקב לחקירה בכיר לשעבר במשרד התקשורת שהיה מקורב לנתניהו. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסיפה שגם יועץ התקשורת ניר חפץ ובעל השליטה בקבוצת בזק שאול אלוביץ' נחקרו היום. שני הרוגים ושלושה פצועים בתאונת דרכים בבית שמש. הנהג הפוגע נמלט ורכבו הידרדר לתהום. כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. בתאונת דרכים בין שני כלי רכב פרטיים לקלנועית נקבע מותם של שני גברים כבני חמישים ושני נערים טופלו על ידי צוותי מד"א ופונו לבית החולים הדסה עין כרם עם פצועות בינוניות. על פי החשד הנהג הפוגע, גבר כבן שישים, נמלט מהמקום ובהמשך פגע בגדר הפרדה, הידרדר מגובה של כשלושה מטרים ונפצע בינוני. סגן שר החוץ הפולני שניהל את המשלחת הדיפלומטית שהגיעה אתמול לירושלים אומר הדיונים בעניין חוק השואה יאפשרו לנו לפתוח דף חדש ביחסים אני מקווה שסיימנו את ההאשמות ההדדיות והרגשניות של השבועות האחרונים היינו עדים לדעות קדומות, בורות וחוסר כבוד לפולין וההיסטוריה הפולנית כך סגן שר החוץ נשיא ארצות הברית טראמפ דן עם קנצלרית גרמניה מרקל על הנשקים הגרעיניים החדשים שהציג נשיא רוסיה פוטין אתמול, כתבנו ניר שוויד. בשיחת טלפון שנערכה אתמול הביעו מרקל וטראמפ חשש משותף מההתבטאויות האחרונות של נשיא רוסיה פוטין, לפיהן צבאו הצליח לפתח טילים גרעיניים אשר מסוגלים לפגוע בכל נקודה בעולם ולהתחמק ממערכות הגנה אוויריות. בריאיון לרשת NBC אמש דחה פוטין את ההאשמות לפיהן הציתה שבוע מלחמה קרה וטען כי מדובר בדברי תעמולה. 
ובתוך כך איים טראמפ בטוויטר להטיל מכסים משמעותיים בכדי להקשות על יצוא לארצות הברית, וכתב, מלחמות סחר הן דבר טוב וקל לנצח בהן. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. לנוכח הטענות שהוראתו להטיל מכסים גבוהים על עיבוא פלדה ואלומיניום, כתב הנשיא טראמפ בטוויטר, כאשר ארצות הברית מפסידה מיליארדי דולרים בהסכמי מסחר, מלחמות סחר הן דבר טוב וקל לנצח בהן. בניסיון לשפר את מצבה של תעשיית הפלדה והאלומיניום בארצות הברית, הודיע טראמפ אמש על הטלת מס של 25% על עיבוא פלדה ו-10% על אלומיניום, צעד שגרר תגובות נזעמות ממדינות העולם. ולסיום, גם היום חוגגים עשרות אלפים ברחבי הארץ את פורים, עם פירוט האירועים כתבתנו ירדן בויטנר. את שושן פורים חוגגים תושבי הבירה במסיבה בכיכר ספרא. שכונת נחלאות מארחת מסיבת רחוב פורימית. גם בכיכר המדינה בתל אביב תתקיים מסיבת רחוב. אלפים ממלאים את הכיכר העמוסה, כשעל הבמה מופיעים מוקי וסבלימנל. גם צעדות האדלועדה ממשיכות ברחבי הארץ. צפונה בעכו ובשדה בוקר בדרום, בהובלת התיכון הסביבתי. שם צועדים מאות תלמידים מחופשים. מזג האוויר היום הוא מחר, מעונן חלקית ותחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת בירושלים בחמש ושתי דקות, בתל אביב בחמש ושבע עשרה דקות, בחיפה בחמש ושבע דקות ובבאר שבע בחמש ועשרים דקות. אלה החדשות שעורך יותם לחובסקי, בצוות גל ביטון וניב בן אלי. בחסות וולבו,
Watch this. <laughs> Through the window, a rock with another on it. Here, let me see what it says. It says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, unless you deposit $10,000 in small bills in a paper bag under the old hollow tree in a vacant lot on the corner at midnight tomorrow, we will kidnap your wife. Sincerely yours, your kidnappers. Boy, some tough cookies. I better write them a note back immediately. Let me see. Pencil, paper. Dear kidnappers, your rack of this date received. I am writing to tell you I do not have $10,000. But please keep in touch. Your proposition interests me. J.M. in the A.M. Pura music dominating the first half of our program on this Friday morning era of Shabbos. As we defer to the uh, capital, the center of the Jewish world, Jerusalem, Israel, where they are celebrating Purim today on this Shushan Purim. So with that in mind, we are uh, dominating our <laughs> our early morning. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people contacting me regarding the uh, trip to York, Pennsylvania. Uh, today's Friday at Shushan Purim, Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa. Big thank you to Avrami, who's as usual going to be standing by as uh, the end of this show will be a drop different than usual. Big thank you to... Uh, Mayor Weingarten, who sat in yesterday on Purim Day, I thank him. Today is uh, Shushan Purim. Today is the day <coughs> that Purim is observed in uh, Israel, in Jerusalem, more accurately, in Jerusalem. The center of the Jewish world in uh, in Jerusalem. The center of the Jewish diaspora today is York, Pennsylvania. That's right, where Yeshiva is going to be taking on the York Spartans later on this uh, afternoon. We're going to be there. Gavri Siegel and I are uh, ready to head to the big game. And uh, we wish the best of luck, the absolute best of luck, to the YU Max who have just been representing the Jewish people beautifully over the last season. Uh, Soul to Soul concert with Mordechai Ben David takes place this coming Sunday night at the Wingate Auditorium on Kingston Avenue in Brooklyn between Winthrop and Rutland Road. It starts at 7 p.m. 
There are some uh, VIP seats and sponsorships available. Call 718-604-1234. You get to see the one and only Mordechai Ben David this coming Sunday night at 7 o'clock in Brooklyn. 718-604-1234. Hey, I'm Mazel Tov to Yehuda Stillerman. We had the uh, privilege of being at his bar mitzvah celebration on Monday. This Shabbos, they'll celebrate his bar mitzvah Shabbos, Parshas Kisisa, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, to uh, Shani and Rabbi uh, Avi Stillerman and to the entire uh, extended Stillerman and Siegel Mishpachot. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So we're going to hit the road. Uh, we're going to end our Malcolm Honeline interview just after 8.10. We're going to hit the road, head to York, Pennsylvania. I want to thank Avrami, who's going to be um, finishing up the broadcast. And... Uh, we are wishing Yeshiva University the best of luck in this unprecedented day as they get set to represent the entire Jewish world. If it doesn't feel like that to you, you have to take my word for it. They are representing the entire Jewish world in this uh, big effort that we know as uh, Yeshiva University basketball. So... It's a big day. We'll be there. I want to thank Gavri Siegel for accompanying me. I want to thank uh, Avi Lauer. I want to thank Avi Lauer for making sure we'd be dressed appropriately for the game. He sent over some uh, team swag, some Yeshiva University swag, uh, just after the Purim Suda, and I thank him very, very much. Thank you, Avi Lauer. Yeah, we thanked him on Facebook. Did a whole tribute to him, practically. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Honline coming up later this hour he has announced his uh, imminent uh, resignation from the uh, Conference of Presidents what that means and what's going to happen over the next few months and years we'll ask him when he uh, joins us at 740 and as I said that conversation is going to end a drop earlier than usual because um, because we are heading to York, Pennsylvania for the big game during the uh, 8 o'clock hour. All righty. There you go. David Cutler is with us live via telephone on the Shushan Purim morning. It's become a tradition here at JM in the AM that we use Shushan Purim to announce the big winner in the NCSY summer raffle. Many people in this audience have been purchasing raffle tickets over the last few months, getting ready for the uh, the big raffle and the big announcement. And you know the prizes, the free summer or $5,000, the second prize, is two round-trip tickets to Israel. Third prize is a $500 Visa gift card. A lot of people have entered on the Shushan Purim morning. We get the opportunity to announce the winners. David Cutler, who directs NCSY Summer. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I hope your Purim and Shushan Purim have been spectacular. Uh, it was really awesome, Baruch Hashem. It was really fantastic. Very special with my son this year. Thank God. Baruch Hashem. Now, David Cutler, let me ask you a question. Did many, many, many people purchase raffle tickets for the NCSY Summer Raffle? They did, Baruch Hashem. It was very successful. We actually, you should know, I don't know if I should publicize this, but we, we decided to drop the price to make it a little more affordable. Ooh. And uh, we really wanted more participation and more people to, to get involved and to be exposed to, to the summer programs. And uh, we almost doubled our sales in, in raffle tickets. So very it was great, nice. thank God. Very nice. All right, some great prizes, as you know. Uh, all these uh, uh, prizes, all these winners have already been chosen, which gives us no problem uh, legally or halachically to announce them in third prize 
to first prize order. They've already been drawn, everybody, so the first prize uh, winner, everybody had an opportunity to be in the uh, barrel, so to speak, to be the first prize winner. And, David, it's uh, it's up to you. Do you want to make the big announcement, or do you want me to make the big announcement? I definitely want you to make it. <laughs> Ladies, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully. Your name might be in this segment, which will be really cool, wouldn't it be? Third prize winner of the NCSY Summer Raffle. Third prize winner is... The winner of a $500 Visa gift card. And we congratulate David Lichtig. David Lichtig, you are the winner and you now have a $500 Visa gift card. The second prize winner of two round trip tickets to Israel. You may have to help me pronounce this one, David. The the second prize winner, two round trip tickets to Israel. Denise Badreau, is that correct? You got it, you got it. <laughs> Denise Badreau, B-A-D-R-E-A-U, you are the winner of two round-trip tickets to Israel. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a grand prize, and the grand prize is pretty amazing. I know this firsthand because members of the Siegel family have had the opportunity to be on NCSY summer programs. And could you imagine, could you imagine, if you in fact were the recipient, were the winner of a free summer NCSY trip, or if you wish... You could actually trade that in for $5,000. Pretty cool, huh? The gr- the gr- unbelievable. It is pretty unbelievable. The grand prize winner for NCSY Summer Raffle of a free summer trip or $5,000 is Allegra Goldberg. Allegra Goldberg is the winner. And we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. David Cutler, hate to put you on the spot. Do we know where Allegra Goldberg is from? Yes, she is from Great Neck, New York. Nice. So Great Neck is celebrating. Allegra is ready to uh, to head or to uh, or to uh, allow someone else to head to an NCSY summer program absolutely free. And we say congratulations to Allegra, to Denise, to David, to all the winners of the NCSY summer yeah, to show, raffle. To show the diversity, by the way, so the one winner is from Detroit. Wow. One is from uh, L.A. and one is from uh, New York. Very so kind of cool. Very cool. Very nice. We know NCSY is both national and international, and this raffle, again, proves it. Now, am I correct that the money raised from this raffle is going to help a lot of kids get to NCSY summer programs? Well, it goes right towards our summer program scholarships. We already have over 1,300 kids registered this summer. We're on our way towards a record 1,500-plus. And uh, if anybody's interested in, in uh, one of our summer programs, should still go on our website. A lot of our programs are full, but certain one of them have a few seats. It's summer.ncsy.org. Summer.ncsy.org. Check it out. Parents, check it out for your children and students and everybody out there. Uh, if you're a teen, check it out for yourself. Like I said, there is nothing like an NCSY summer program. When you see the list of what's available, you will be absolutely mesmerized. All right, David Cutler, there's one other event I wanted to mention, and that's what's happening on June the 24th. Is NCSY going to be biking in the New York area on June the 24th? They will. So we're, we're happy to announce that Bike NCSY is uh, coming uh, again for our second year. Last year was an incredible success with many riders from all over in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, beautiful, beautiful event where the funds go directly for kids to spend their year in Eretz Yisrael. That's where the funding goes, the Gap Year Scholarship in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, it's a really fantastic event for me. You know, being the athlete that I am, I'm looking forward to the barbecue <laughs> afterwards. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really a tremendous, tremendous event where uh, so many people came out with their families and, uh, and supported kids to Good as well for the year. So everybody has their favorite part of bike NCSY. For you, it's the barbecue. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the event happens on June 24th. We encourage everybody to go to the following site, bike 
bike.ncsy.org, bike.ncsy.org. Remember, registration has already opened up. You can certainly sponsor somebody on the website, bike.ncsy.org, the event up in Poughkeepsie on June the 24th. Congratulations. There are five different routes. So if you're, if you're not the biggest biker in the world, you want to you wanna bike 15 miles, you can. And there's a route that's actually 100 miles. So whatever, if you're a, whatever kind of biking connoisseur you are, uh, you can do something for you, which is great. All right. That's good to know. So everybody out there, you have your choice, and you can uh, get as involved as you wish in Bike NCSY. June 24th, it's bike.ncsy.org, bike.ncsy.org. We are here on this Friday, Shushan Purim, wishing congratulations to Allegra Goldberg, Denise Pedreau, and David Lichtig. They are the winners of the prizes in the NCSY Summer Raffle. The grand prize winner, Allegra, with a free summer trip for the summer of 2018. David Cutler directs all of this summer NCSY. David, thanks so much for including us in this big announcement. And Mazal Tov to the winners. We look forward to more coming up from the uh, NCSY summer programs. Malcolm, thank you very much for everything. We always appreciate talking to you, and we, uh, we love doing it with you. And uh, go YU. Have a great job. I appreciate that. Go YU is right. Under an hour till we hit the road to York, Pennsylvania, to cheer on the YU Max. That's right, everybody. We're looking forward to it. More coming up at JM in the AM.
מלכים גדולים, מדינות ענק, אימפיריות כה גדולות. כמעט שנעלמו, ואנחנו עוד כאן. כך אלפי שנים, מעטים מורבים, ואין ספר של ניסים. עם ישראל חי, אנחנו עוד Well, as I mentioned, our uh, segment with Malcolm Holmline is going to be a drop shorter than usual because we're heading to York, Pennsylvania for one of the most significant events in modern Jewish history, of course, and that is uh, Yeshiva University being in the, uh, in the NCAA Division III National Championship. So uh, we'll be doing that um, at about 8.10 this morning. And we're on a very tight schedule. I've already told Gavri Siegel. We have no time to play around this morning. We're on a very tight schedule to get to York. Anyway, so uh, that'll be coming up, and uh, if you follow me on social media, I'm sure I'll have a post or two about the game. Friday morning on the Shushan Purim morning, I also told Malcolm, by the way, because I spoke to him already this morning, I already told him that whatever I prepared this week for this segment, I've completely forgotten because of yesterday. <laughs> Purim, Purim has a way to wipe out your memory. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Erev Shabbos Parsha's Kisisa with candle lighting time at 528 in the New York area. 528, big thank you to our friends at OnlySimplest.com. Continue to utilize our content for their um, for their uh, news feed. Uh, that includes a lot more than just Simcha news. includes a whole bunch of interesting news stories from around the Jewish world. Big thank you to our friends at JewishWorldview.com. JewishWorldview.com, they continue to herald our network to their readers. And if you want to print out, I don't know, hundreds, thousands, whatever the statistic is exactly, of articles pertaining to the Jewish world, uh, go to jewishworldview.com, and you can read all of them over Shabbos. And believe me, it'll keep you busy. All right, before we get to Malcolm, many of you, of course, are tuning in. Well, many of you tune in every single week, obviously. But this week, you've gone out of your way, some of you, to tune in because um, Malcolm Honline, the executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is stepping aside after more than three decades of helming the umbrella foreign policy group for the U.S. Jewish community. He will remain with the conference in an as-yet-undetermined capacity. Stephen Greenberg, the chairman of the conference, said, while Malcolm continues to be a uniquely vital and energetic leader and an irreplaceable asset, he felt that a transition process should be put in place. Specifically, Malcolm will continue to serve, thank God, I, I added the thank God, to serve the conference as he has so effectively for more than three decades. As we seek an executive to assume responsibility for the conference's ongoing operations and activities, Malcolm will then focus on external relations as well as plans to structure the conference for the years ahead. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents Major American Jewish Organizations. Mr. Honline, happy Shushan Purim, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and 
now that you've said it all, I mean, there's nothing left for me to say to... to uh, well, people do think that they're going to get some clarification this morning, a little right, bit. Right, but so the, the answer is that there's so much distortion and misrepresentation about a very simple announcement, which I ask, I, I put it together, because I want to have an orderly transition over time, and that many times organizations, you know, face abrupt changes and things, and you don't invest... I have through 33 years in the conference and almost 50 years in Jewish uh, professional life. Next year will be 50 years. Uh, and every time I left a position, I left in place the next successor and even sometimes two successors. And because we are beginning a process to elect a new chairman or chairperson for the conference in the, in the coming weeks, I felt it was the right time because they kept asking me, what are your plans? And I wanted to make clear that I want I will stay with the conference. I will be there, but I I hope that we can find somebody who will come in and take over um, some of the responsibilities. I will be there. I hope to be able to do more of things to build the structure of the conference for the 21st century or 22nd century, and um, focus on the things that. Uh, uh, where I can make the biggest difference, especially in external affairs of the conference. So it's not any radical change. It's nothing immediate. It usually takes a year or more to have a transition. And I felt that that was the, that it's time, and, and there's never a right time or a wrong time to do that. Uh, but it was made very clear in the statement about what we intended. It just got distorted when people said he's stepping down, he's stepping up, he's stepping aside, he's dancing around it. Uh, I'm simply, I'll be staying input and in place for a while, and then hopefully we can transition over time. And I must say, I've gotten so many job offers and uh, prospective things, I'm not, I have to reconsider whether I really want to stay or not. <laughs> now, so from from what you're saying, I can surmise that in certain major Jewish organizations, tra- transitions have been difficult. Transitions have not gone very well, in, in some cases that you could cite if we asked you to. Sure. Right. Uh, some of them, as you pointed out, the ones that you've been involved with over the years, it, 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 in all seriousness, have gone very well. You, I mean, I, I could think of organizations that you've left in tremendously good hands that are still extremely active and still fulfilling their role. But as we know, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, it sounds like whoever takes over or whoever moves in or whoever you're bringing in is simply going to assume some of your day-to-day responsibilities. Would that be a good way to put it? That whoever comes in will assume, right. They'll assume some of your day-to-day responsibilities. Right. And they will uh, lead the conference into, uh, I don't know, the next decades and uh, hopefully... And everybody else, we have the staff will stay in place. We have people, um, uh, the COO will will remain in her position. Everybody else, everybody will stay. I just think that it'll be a a sort of reorganization in a sense, but it's, it's something to head for the future, to plan for the future, and that's a responsible thing to do. All right, now you know what was uh, of greatest concern to our listeners because I was bombarded with comments and uh, and texts and phone calls once the announcement was made and made public. Um, people want to know if this in any way will affect your regular appearances on JM and the AM. Well, how could I let that affect it? Uh, I mean, it's my major source of income. This know? is no... This is no Purim joke. This is no Purim joke. He means it. He's staying with JM and the AM. Malcolm, I am emphatically announcing that right now to the entire world, that you're staying with us. God willing. (laughs) 
<laughs> you sound just as enthusiastic as I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I had no doubt about it. I didn't raise the question. I even said to someone that if, God forbid, you would completely retire, you know, sit on a beach for the rest of your life, you would still join us Friday morning to analyze the news of the week. How do you like that? How do you like that confidence I had in you? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are proud to announce that Malcolm has cleared up and explained to all of us what's happening regarding the transition at the Conference of Presidents. But most importantly, he does not see in any way this affecting his regular weekly appearances on JM in the AM. All right, now that we have that uh, information, we can move on to some of the news of the week. For those of us out there who still remember the news of the week, after all, it was Purim. After all, there was a lot going on uh, in terms of partying and drinking. It may have uh, removed some of these news stories from everybody's memory. Malcolm, we'll start with this one. The uh, Iranian rejection of U.S. conditions to recertify the nuclear deal is the headline of your daily alert. Uh, It's always confusing to me how this works because of what the president does or doesn't have to do when it comes to this recertification. Explain what's going on now with it. Say it again with the... The recertification. And, uh, I mean, Iran has rejected whatever it is. Has rejected what they proposed. And, you know, there's a 120-day clock that the president put in place, and he made certain demands on verification, uh, ballistic missiles, the sunset clause, and he has been pressing Europeans very hard about being more forthcoming and to um, talk about additional sanctions, additional actions that could be taken uh, in order to keep the U.S. in. And and they are very concerned about the U.S. dropping out of the the, uh, JCPOA, and so that they have talked about uh, some additional uh, sanctions to be placed, but what we and and the, but they're focusing often on the missiles, especially the long-range missiles. The announcements that Iran made during the week that they have these new uh, nuclear-propelled uh, rockets, and they have all sorts of things, which we have no evidence that they're really operational. And in fact, that most of the uh, satellite photographs show, show that these things are not really working. Uh, but the very fact that they are publicly challenging over the missile. Uh, aspect, which is certainly a violation of a U.N. Security Council resolution, not of the JCPOA. So what, the, the White House is going to be facing some really serious issues. There was one big development in this regard, yeah. and that was the, from satellite photos that showed Iran was establishing another base. And this came through Fox News from in the in satellite uh, information. And uh, now we, we hear that the Russians have prevented the Iranians from actually taking this base in TARDIS, which would have been a place where they could have stored short and long-range missiles. It's within striking distance of Israel. <coughs> Something Israel said that they would not ever uh, tolerate. So right now we're in a very delicate state in regard to what the future uh, status will be. The, the Iranians feel that the, the Europeans certainly and not going to break with them. They all have these, you know, array of deals that they want to that they want to conclude and uh, have financial interest, uh, even though they don't think about their long term interests when they when they do that. But the the um, uh, the clock will run out, and the administration will have to make a choice at some point. Um, and and this, how many, are there other bases that Iran has in other areas, or essentially whatever they've already set up, Israel has taken care of, aside from the one you just mentioned? Oh no, they have. First of all, you have bases in 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 presence in Lebanon. You have other presences in Syria. 
and certainly in Iraq. Uh, they're all over, and, they, and they're all building bases. They're in Qatar, they're in Somalia, they're in Sudan, they're in, you know, so many places around the region, in Africa, and the, um, you know, the rejection by them of the uh, Zarif saying that he, he you can't set conditions, one party, having a multilateral international community is fully aware that these conditions... Uh, that none of the conditions you have set is even worth considering. Well, if they're not worth considering, then there's nothing left to negotiate, and a decision will have to be made. But they, Iran is continuing to consolidate its position, and Israelis have been remarkably open in their criticism of Washington, of, the, of what appears to be the lack of concern in Europe as well, about the increasing hold that Iran has in Syria. And, you know, this is not a distant... Uh, challenge. Here you have a country that a thousand miles from its borders is threatening another country. You don't have that in many circumstances. So this is a, 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 of great concern, and, and uh, the fact that uh, they don't see enough action is is um, a real concern. When Gilad Erdogan spoke to the President's Conference last week, he called for greater American involvement, and he said Iran is going to turn Syria into a puppet state, and each day they entrenched themselves more. And uh, he said that if the U.S. chooses not to be a major player in shaping the future of Syria, then others will. What surprises me is your evaluation of this American administration, U.S. administration, with the, with the presence of Iran in Syria. I, I thought that this administration is so much better at it than the previous one that they'd be lauded for the way they're handling it. But as you say, they seem to be ignoring it. Would you say similar to the previous administration? No, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would. I, I'm quoting to you what uh, the feeling was that we heard right. in Israel. We heard it from military people and others, not just directed at the U.S., but we don't expect much from the Europeans, and that there is concern that the, you know that there's not enough attention being paid to this, and that the um, Iranians are take you know take advantage of any opening, anything to advance their position. And one of their major goals is to be able to threaten Israel. And, you know, this is, uh, uh, there is, because you have a facing a real deadline, which is, I think, May 12th, um, Congress has to reassess and reissue the terms under which we're going to be willing to work with the, the, the JCPOA. So it puts uh, added focus on all of this, but yes, there is there was disappointment expressed to us uh, about the the strength of the American commitment. America is involved in fighting ISIS in the south, but you know Russia continues to play a, a dominant role with a minimal involvement, and we see Iran and others expanding their their influence there. Uh, does it apply to other areas as well? Because to me, this is a little bit of a revelation. We know how how much cooperation there is between Israeli and American intelligence. If the U.S. is slightly slacking off in this area when it comes to Iran and Syria, are there other places as well that you heard about during the conference trip from different representatives where they would that where they would hope that America would step up their game? Well, we heard a lot, and we heard it when we traveled in the Gulf. Uh, and um, everybody relies on the United States. Everybody looks right. to the United States, and I understand they can't do everything. Uh, U.S.-Israel military and uh, strategic cooperation is unparalleled level. It's it's incredible. This week, yeah, the Juniper Cobra, Cobra exercises going on with thousands of Americans coming there. This time it's focused on missile, joint missile defense, integrating their capacities of the United States and Israel in terms of uh, responding to offensive missile attacks. And 
across the whole country, from north to south, there are exercises going on, joint exercises. So it shouldn't be misread or exaggerated in terms of the level of cooperation. Obviously, this, this administration has been as pro-Israel as one could hope. Uh, but the, the the question is what where resources are allocated and how uh, and how they view the role in, in Syria. Maybe they don't want to get engaged, but then we're going to be facing an outcome which will be very detrimental to American interests. Yeah, that's for sure. Israel. Uh, report this week that uh, Israel's ambassador to Washington advised American Jewish leaders not to meet with Qatar's Amir last fall during the Arab leader's last visit to New York, but failed to dissuade them. Now, you've explained to us the importance of you and others in leadership positions meeting with uh, with Gulf state leaders, etc., etc., but it, it's got to be somewhat disconcerting that the ambassador is not thrilled with it. How do you reconcile all this? I don't. I don't know why it's necessary to. He, uh, I will tell you that every military leader I met in Israel encouraged these contacts. Not everybody. There are people who went under different terms. And I went for one day. I had very serious meetings with a very serious agenda, and I left at the end of that day. So I don't know, you know, that applies to everybody or everything. It's uh, it, it is clearly something behind us because it's an exploitative situation where every day they write another article repeating the same things over and over and over again. And whether the ambassador is behind it or somebody else, for whatever reasons that they have, uh, I think it's counterproductive. I think they've made the issue that it's not the visits that really matter. They would have just been dissipated into into time, and, and there were no reports on any of them until the very people who say that they are opposed to it. And yet those same people often are associated with the worst elements. And uh, uh, so it's incomprehensible to me, but this, um, you know, that they made a public, uh, an ongoing public discussion of it and attacking certain people, um, it just, it just, serves the opposite purpose if that, in fact, was their intent. I get all that, but the ambassador's a little different, right? Doesn't Why? He, he, fit, mean, he, he fits. does what he does based on what he thinks, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe he has to explain it. So you'll have to have him on on Friday morning. <laughs> okay, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have to be a Friday. It could be any time. Thursday or but that's Monday. But that's yeah. interesting. Okay, so uh, you're right. He's entitled to his opinion. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com and AlchemSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSNF. Shushan Purim morning at JM the AM. We've about 10 minutes left with Mr. Honeline because we're heading to York, Pennsylvania. That's right. Mr. Honeline's home state. Could you imagine that's where Yeshiva University is going to be playing its first ever NCAA um, a Division Three March Madness game, Malcolm, in your home state of Pennsylvania. What a how ironic, huh? Did you import some players or something? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do anything, but they've done. They've done a great job over the last few years, and look where they've gotten. I, I, I don't even know if you've seen any of the articles, but my gosh, you can actually represent the Jewish people in glorified fashion on a basketball court. How do you like that? That sounds pretty good. I mean, uh, it's pretty. Amazing. It's really remarkable. Um, so down south. Uh, it seems that Egypt is uh, is fortifying its military um, presence in the Sinai. We have very often discussed that Israel, both north and south, could be facing very difficult situations. Is it? Could there be a time where Israel and Egypt together are actually fighting the same military fight against Hamas or whatever terror group is dominating in the Sinai area? Uh, absolutely. We are doing it. They are doing it. Yeah, but it's not an active military move at the moment, is it? I mean, they're not, they're not at war. Israel? Yeah. 
Israel is at war with the elements in, in uh, the Sinai because it's the same elements that are operating uh, against them from Gaza, and it's the same terrorist elements that pose a threat to Israel, pose a threat to Egypt, that uh, ISIS's intent is not just against the government of Egypt, it's obviously they and the other groups that are al-Qaeda's and um, the multitude of terrorist entities that are operative there. Uh, the security of Egypt in alone and of itself is a vital Israeli security interest, certainly the impact that it has on Gaza, where a lot of the weapons flow and, and aid and other things go through and the connections. So Israel, whatever degree that they are involved, actively or not, that's for history books to tell, but there's certainly a, a vital Israeli interest, and um, Egypt has acknowledged that uh, Israel has, uh, maybe with drones or other things, assisted but, um, you know, Egyptian warplanes are flying along the Israeli-Egyptian border. And as President Sisi said to me, nobody has to worry about a stray bullet. And it's a remarkable development in and of itself. I understand that. But the last time Israel was involved in, a, in an actual ground war in that area was 2014, right? There's been no actual ground war in that area. Right, right. And we've never really had the visual of both Israel and Egypt fighting actively the same war. Well, I don't think we should interpret it as troops on the ground engaged. Uh, I think that uh, Israel is supportive of, of Egypt, but it's the Egyptian troops that are, are engaged in the Sinai directly. And whatever supportive efforts Israel can give them, they, they are committed to. By the way, we keep seeing more and more photos of um, discovered tunnels, um, you know, under underneath the border. Uh, I, I, I'm just curious, is there, is there, and they may have told you this actually in one of the briefings uh, last week, is there any, a statistic about whether there are many fewer than they were, or it's just as rampant as it was? They keep trying, but no, the Israel's um, uh, counter uh, efforts are impactful, that they are you know, building this uh, underground and above-ground barrier, which is frustrating the uh, terrorists because they cannot penetrate, and, and as you know, this is a highly technical thing where they have sensors and where they have, um, it goes down a couple hundred feet and above ground a hundred feet, but it's also, uh, if they detect a tunnel, it fills it immediately with uh, um, like concrete or something, something that, that will fill it. So A, they can detect much faster. I don't know it's that, that many. It's just that when you see it, it becomes very obvious because these are, you know, serious operations. And remember, the ones that they talked about this week were on the Gaza side. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are they crossing, are they penetrating into Israel? That they build and attempt to build tunnels all the time, and they go deeper and wider uh, from Gaza. But the test is, do they cross the border and threaten Israel then? All right, understood. All right, last week we ended as the news was breaking about the embassy in Jerusalem. Uh, so two pieces. Number one, pretty remarkable. This is going to be done a lot faster than we thought because the White House would like this done by the 70th anniversary. I, I would assume that means on the secular calendar, 70th on the Jewish calendar would be in April, but on the secular calendar of the uh, of the uh, State of Israel's founding. And then the second piece, which I mentioned last week, uh, which was Shelley Adelson, uh, Sheldon Adelson actually uh, offered to pay for the building of the embassy. So what do you think of the timing and what do you think of his offer? So I think the timing will be May 14th or so, 16th. They will have a, a ceremony where they will do a formal uh, opening. It will be probably in Arnona in the existing consular facility. Uh, this will be a temporary uh, arrangement 
ultimately to build an embassy will take a long time. So they didn't want to delay the actual move, and I think Ambassador Friedman has been very, um, a very strong advocate, articulate advocate of this, um, and they will therefore have, be able to have him and his key staff there, uh, and then over time look at building, and then they can see. I don't know whether it's ever been done that somebody has built an embassy for the United States someplace, but... <laughs> I think it was generous on his part, but I don't know if it's realistic. Yeah, I'm sure they're looking into the legalities and the uh, and the logistics of all that, right? I don't know if they have to call it the Adelson Embassy of the United States you know, or something. You know. <laughs> well, they figure if it's in Israel, it's going to have a plaque somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's going mean, you know, to flashing lights or something. Why you know? wouldn't it? Um, so you left Israel, and Prime Minister Netanyahu seemed to be in even, in even hotter water than when we last spoke about the cases that are being... Uh, um, suggested by the uh, by the police by the authorities to the uh, attorney general um, regarding all these things. Do you think that uh, is there any reason to believe that he's any less likely of surviving all this now that it seems that the charges have become more serious? I don't know. The latest poll shows we could would get thirty some seats. Wow! So he keeps going up. The more charges, the more it goes up. The, it was twenty eight last week. I see this week something like thirty six. The um, uh, so, in, and unfortunately today he's being questioned by police about another case. I don't know if it's the Bezek or related to Bezek or not, but he is being questioned today on the eve of his visit to the United States next week. Uh, he will be speaking at the APAC conference in Washington, and he's to come to New York for a day, and then we don't know exactly how long, um, but I assume that the police will let him go. <laughs> so the, 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 you know, it, it, it certainly has to be a major distraction, and uh, you know, there's so many cases, and every day something new, and you know, has a cumulative impact on confidence. But every poll shows that the people of Israel, when they ask bottom line, who would you want to be prime minister, they say Netanyahu. So uh, nobody else has emerged as a real challenge to him. And I think most people don't want to see it go to elections at this time. And I think most of the parties don't want to because they don't see that there'll be a major change. In fact, if it's going to that poll, maybe they'd emerge even stronger. Uh, but the real the value of an election to him is that all investigations, everything freezes for the entire time of the election. And you need at least three months to call an election, advance notice. So an election would take, let's say, four months to happen. During those four months, all these investigations freeze. And uh, so that would relieve him of some of the pressure. And then if he would get a new mandate, it would be obviously a statement to the, <coughs> to the courts and everyone. I so get, it's I, I get complicated. I get all that, but as you and I have, as, as you and I have discussed, be careful what you wish for. That strategy doesn't always work. That that's true. And nobody, I don't think anybody wants to see disruption. So people don't want to see. Prime Minister humiliated publicly. And, you know, the problem is with the media today is that everybody can make a charge. Everybody can just throw firebombs. Yep. It doesn't matter whether they're true. It doesn't matter how substantiated they are. Uh, in this case, of course, you have police investigations and stuff. They're going to go on behind it. But, you know, people should be very wary of what they read and what they hear and not just jump to conclusions about uh about these sensitive issues. Um, all right, as I said, we only have a couple of minutes left because of our journey to York, Pennsylvania. Go YU Max. I, I got to tell you, something has to be done about the Poland situation. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a good idea or not to follow the lead of some Jewish organizations that I've called 
for literally a complete boycott on the country and certainly no travel there and possibly even suspending the youth trips there, which you know are significant. But, I mean, I, I think they, they've got to understand what type of PR situation this has caused. And I would suspect that the Polish authorities would prefer to clean this thing up. Am I right or wrong? Yes. And, you know, now they've referred it to the constitutional court. So this is a way, a ladder for them to climb down. And I think that we should give them a chance to, to work that out. At the same time, I mean, it's an educational opportunity for people to talk about it. And I keep saying that we know that the Germans built the camps, but to deny the reality of the Polish complicity, of, uh, uh, and not of every Pole, and, and also of the Poles who, who were rescuers. So when you distort history, you, you do not gain anything from it. And this is seen in the context of some other things that are happening there and, and in Europe generally, and people are rightfully sensitive. I think people shouldn't jump about canceling things and, I mean, are we punishing the kids from having the opportunity to say the March of the Living where you have 15,000 kids already signed up to go and to march and, and they have an incredible educational experience and they go to Israel then, um, it's something to think about for the future, about whether these should continue. People say, well, there are other camps you can visit. I mean, most of the countries in Europe today don't have such great records when it comes to dealing with the anti-Semitism that we see rampant in so many places. The BDS movements, the, uh, you have a BDS bank in, in, uh, in Germany. You have uh, Germany signing 31 arms deals with uh, Turkey. We see the rise of anti-Semitic incidents in, in all these countries. So... I think that the um, um, and 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 then you, and you have President Abbas calling for jihad in his speech last month, doing all these things, and yet you don't see the kind of criticisms and expressions of concern that that should be. And the it, it goes to all of the issues that we deal with, whether it's Iran, whether it's the, the Islamic terrorism, etc. That we can't slack off. We have to be on top of all of these issues and addressing them in terms of their longer-term implications. And the the question of Poland is, is not isolated to the one country. It's a question of what is happening in Europe, where we see these extremist movements, again, rearing their ugly heads from the left, extreme left and extreme right. Good point, good point. And, right. and they have to be addressed. Right, and th- that you're right. It's a bigger picture that I didn't even think of when it comes to other countries. We do. It's funny. We all are. Th- I think most of us are thinking of it as an isolated case. But that's a very important point. Um, all right, I thank you. I will give your Hatzlacha uh, Rabbah to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. And the good news, of course, folks, and the most important news item of the day, is that Malcolm Honline, no matter what position exactly uh, he will be holding at the President's Conference over the next few years, he has announced he'll be staying, thank God, with JM and the AM. And I applaud you for that, and a very happy Shushan Purim. <laughs> Malcolm Holmline, I love when I make him smile. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Again, the biggest uh, piece of this uh, of this uh, development regarding the Conference of Presidents is that Malcolm Holmline is staying with JMNAM. He'll be uh, able, thank God, to analyze the news of the week with us each and every week, and I thank him for that. And uh, based on our numbers, our... Uh, Audience thanks him for that as well. By the way, earlier this hour, actually about an hour ago, uh, David Cutler, uh, NCSY Summer Programs, joined us. The raffle has been drawn. Third prize winner, David Lichtig. Second prize winner, Denise Bedreau. And from Great Neck, New York, the free NCSY Summer goes to Allegra Goldberg. Mazal Tov from all of us here 
at JM in the AM. Is that amazing? I want to thank Avrami. He's going to be taking over things here at JM in the AM to close things out for a Friday. And then Naomi Nachman is going to be on with a brand new edition of Table for Two, plus the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Matis Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. with uh, JM Sunday. And, of course, tomorrow night, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel. Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler of West Orange, New Jersey, is featured on that show each week. And um, I want to thank Avrami and my thanks to Mayor Weingarten for doing yesterday's show on Purim. This time each and every Friday, every... Oh, sorry about that. This time each and every Friday, there we go, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And a Freilich Hashushan Purim to all. And first of all, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa has nine mitzvos, four positive and five restrictions, according to the Chinuch. I'd like to connect Parshas Kisisa and today being Shushan Purim. I'm going to share with you first a rather ooh, esoteric Dvar Torah, which I heard just moments ago, excitedly from a grandson of mine who's studying in Eretz Yisrael this year, who's in Yerushalayim, whose Purim is today. But I think you'll find this fascinating and just shows the depth of our Torah. And if you can, take out a Mishnayis Taharos, that's right, one that we usually don't look into that much, and find Mishnah Kalim, which is the first Mishnayos in Taharos, and turn to chapter 17, Mishnah 14. 1714 in Taharos. And you'll find something very fascinating. This Mishnayos talk about Tumah, impurity, and Tara purity. So the Mishnah tells us the following, That which was created on the first day of the week, what we call Sunday, there is Tumah of that which is derived therefrom. For example, the Torah says, on the first day, Hashem created heaven and earth, and that which is made from the earth, such as earthenware, literally can become Tameh, Klecheres. Basheni, that which is created on the second day, which is the heavens, Aimbo Tumah, there there is no impurity. On the third day, which is the vegetation, trees and herbs, etc., there you do have Tumah, says the Mishnah. On the fourth day, which the luminaries, which were created on, back to the sky, and says the Mishnah, and on the fifth day, what was created on the fifth day? The birds who are up there and the fish who are below the surface, Abraham Tumah, there is no Tumah on four and five, Chutz, except for Knaf Oz Ubeitzas Ha except for that which is made from the wing of a black eagle and the glazed shell of an ostrich egg. Now these, interestingly, these latter two are, yes, Tome on a rabbinic level. On a Torah level, no um, uh, impurity on four and five. On a rabbinic level, yes. And comes along, the Mishnah concludes, by Yom HaShishi on the sixth day, which is man and the animals, Tomei. Obviously on Shabbos, there is no Tumah. Now, 
Very interestingly, as the Mishnah tells us regarding Tuma and Tara, so too, please note, points out the Yid HaKadosh, that Yom Kippur can only fall out on days Monday, no Tuma, Wednesday and Thursday, where none on a Torah level, and Yes, on a rabbinic level, and Shabbos, where, again, there's no Tuma. Purim falls out on a Sunday, where there is Tuma. Tuesday, where there is Tuma. Thursday, which can go like Yom Kippur, once, you know, etc. And finally, Friday. Okay, so now the question is, what's going on here? So there is the famous teaching of both the Grah, and the Ari, that Yom Kippurim, the day of Yom Kippur, is a day like Purim, meaning there is this equation between the two, and of the two days, on some level, Purim is even on a higher level than Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, we are all like the angels. There is no Gashmius. There's no physicality. The five Inuyim, we don't eat, drink, and we are raised to the level of the angels. On Purim, it's just the opposite. On Purim, we eat and we drink. This is a time of physicality. And so, in terms of working out the days of the week, remember once again, those days which you do have Tumah, those are the days where potentially Purim can fall. The idea behind this is a very, very powerful one. Now, what about Thursday? Thursday was one of those days whereby it can go either way. So watch. On a Torah level, it's Aimbo Tumah, because that's Yom Kippur. On a rabbinic level, which is Purim, there is the potential for Tumah, for impurity. And what do we do on Yom on Purim, we elevate and we show that the quote-unquote, the drinking, the festivities, the eating can all be directed for God. I find this to be very, very fascinating, because at first glance and at second glance, again, chapter 17, Mishnah 14, telling us regarding, interestingly, in a rather Ooh, esoteric, metaphysical way. One, day one, day two, etc. But on a deeper level, points out the Yira Kadosh. You're talking about Purim and Yom Kippurim. And I think that's uh, exceedingly fascinating, drawing on the um, teachings of the Gra and the teachings of the Ariya Kadosh. I'd like to take this one step beyond, namely, the comparison between... Yom Kippur and Purim. Both of these are days of tefillah, days of prayer. Yom Kippur we know, tshuva, tefillah, tzedakah. We spend almost the entire 25 hours of Yom Kippur in prayer, literally, lifnei Hashem. And what is Purim? Purim points out the Rambam in his introduction to his enumeration of mitzvos, whereby as they appear within the Yad HaZakah, the Rambam writes that the rabbis instituted rabbinic mitzvot had to be based upon some biblical concept. So he says, just as Natilas Yodayim is rabbinic mitzvah and it's based upon the Kior in this week's Sedra, so too the Purim 
reminds us of that which we find in the fifth book of the Torah, who is like the Jewish people, Ashelo Elokim, who has HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Krovim Elav, especially close to them, Kashem Elokeinu, as our relationship with God, Bechol Koreinu Elav, when Esther and the Jewish people prayed to Hashem, He responded in kind, similarly, that's what we are to take away from Purim, and remember Purim every year, the Purim is a day of tefillah. Yom Kippur and Purim share that they are both a day of Torah says the Mishnah at the very end of Tanis that there were no happier days than Yom Kippur and um, Tuba'av. What was special about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a day of Slicha, a day when the Jewish people gets forgiveness from God, and the day we received Luchos Shneos. Luchos Shneos means literally the second set of tablets. The first ones were broken by Moshe on Shavasa Batamus, and Moshe comes down on Yom Kippur with the second set of Luchos. When the Jew gets Torah, he celebrates, he makes a siyum. We can't celebrate on Yom Kippur. So the Gras says very sharply that our eating and drinking on Purim is to offset our fasting on Yom Kippur. Because just as we receive Torah on Yom Kippur, so too we have Torah on Purim. And if anybody asks where, the Gemara in Shabbos 88a points out that at Kabbalah's Torah, they were so clear that God was offering them the Torah, it was as if he picked up the mountain and said, take the Torah or I'll drop it upon you. So it was such clarity, they had no choice but to accept. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, we were forced into accepting the Torah. So the Gemara says, ah, when did we accept the Torah with our will and not being forced at Purim time? In the ninth chapter of Megillah, that they read this morning in Yerushalayim. And what we read yesterday is Kimu V'Kiblu HaYehudim. Now, Kimu V'Kiblu is literally like Nasev and Ishma. It should be Nishma V'Nasev. First you listen, then you do. Nasev and Ishma is our loyalty to God is so great that we're going to do, and then we're going to listen, whatever he says. Now, the same is true with Kimu V'Kiblu. Ask yourself. First, it should be V'Kiblu, which means that we accept it, and then Kimu, we fulfilled. No, this is our Nasev and Ishmael Purim, Kimu V'Kiblu. So once again, Yom Kippur is the acceptance of Torah, and Purim is the re-acceptance of Torah. Both of these two holidays have this very strong um, common denominator. Now finally, I'd like to show one more common denominator between Yom Kippur and Purim. Go back to that Mishnah at the end of Tanis. There were no greater holidays, no days of greater happiness and joy than Yom Kippur. Now, Yom Kippur is a day of Simcha, and the Simcha on Yom Kippur is that the Jew is Lifnei Hashem, before God. And similarly, 
Purim, as we know, what was the way we greet one another on Purim? Simchas Purim. What's this whole idea of Simcha? Of course, the main Simcha comes from, you'll say, that we were saved, which is very true, and we relive the past. God forbid it was to be Lashmid, Larogul, Abed, and thank God the Jewish people were saved. But let's take it to another higher level, and that is as follows. The Rambam in chapter 2 of Hilchos Megillah, Halacha Yud Zion teaches the following, that of the two mitzvos, we have to remember this for next year, while we have to do all four mitzvos on Purim, but when it comes to matonos evyonim, giving gifts to the poor, and the your own su'uda, and mishloach monos, the Rambam writes, mutav adam. it's best for a person, laharbos, to increase and put the focus on matonos levyonim than even his su'uda and mishloach monos. Why? Listen to his words. She'ain shom simcha, there's no greater joy, gedola, greater umifu ara, and literally praiseworthy, ela lesameach levanim, v'yesomim, v'almonos v'gerim, but to literally make happy those who unfortunately are on a lower social st- uh, st- uh, status, namely the poor, the orphan, the widows, the gayrim, the converts. Why? One who elevates and makes happy these individuals who are unfortunately saddened by their state of being. Listen to what the Rambam writes, next two words, When you act in this way, you literally are comparable to Shechina. You are following the one, the six hundred and eleventh mitzvah of the Torah, which is to uh, emulate Hashem by your giving to the poor, by your helping the poor, by your uplifting the poor. You are literally akin to. God himself, who does just that, because the Rambam quotes from the 57th chapter of Yeshaya, La Chayos, what does God do, what does he pride himself, literally to sustain and to give life to Ruach Shfolim, to those who are unfortunately down and depressed, Ula Chayos, and to once again give energy, to energize Leib Nidkaim, those who are unfortunately in a depressed state. So, when we walk away with from Purim, which was yesterday and today, which you should treat yourself to something special today, even though it's Arab Shabbos and we watch ourselves, yes, but have something special today, because it is Shusham Purim. This is to remind us that the Simcha of Purim can and does continue with us. Our concern for those who are not having what we do, this gives us the opportunity to connect with them, to elevate them, and by our elevating them, we know we elevate ourselves. And who gets more? You know the answer to that question as well. I take this opportunity to wish everybody a Freilacha Shushan Purim and to realize that as this parsha 
is the third in the five that deals with the Mishkan. What was the Mishkan? The Mishkan was Hashras Hashchina. The Mishkan was God's dwelling in our midst. That gives joy to the Jew and Emir Hashem. Our doing acts of chesed is going to bring the third Beis HaMikdash that much closer because our chesed brings the Shechina and Amir Tzashem, once we bring it through our chesed, he's going to follow through and join us once again down here. Shabbat Shalom to all.
with another on it. Here, let me see what it says. It says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, unless you deposit $10,000 in small bills in a paper bag under the old hollow tree in a vacant lot on the corner, At midnight tomorrow, we will kidnap your wife. <laughs> Sincerely yours, your kidnappers. <laughs> Boy, some tough cookies. <laughs> I better write them a note back immediately. Let me see. Pencil, paper. Dear kidnappers, Your rack of this date received. <laughs> I am writing to tell you I do not have $10,000. But please keep in touch. Your proposition interests me. Hey, 
These amazing Shushan Purim Erev Shabbos selections here at JM in the AM. It is a Friday morning Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa. Candlelighting time here in New York at 528, 528. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We are on our way to York, Pennsylvania, where today, this afternoon, Yeshiva University's Maccabees take on the York Spartans. We are uh, hoping for a big victory. We'll be there to cheer them on. Getting ready to head to the NCAA round number one. Go, Max! The best of luck to the entire team, Coach Elliot Steinmetz, and all the players as uh, we uh, hit the road and get ready to root on the Yeshiva University Maccabees in this unique and amazing 
2018 season. It is time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys at JM in the AM. Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at AlchemSegal.com on the AlchemSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app and that wraps up an amazing Purim week for us here at JMM. my thanks again to Mayor Weingarten for taking over yesterday on Purim itself hope you've enjoyed your Shushan Purim edition of JMM coming up next Naomi Nachman brand new edition of Table for Two 10 o'clock, Erev Shabbos, Shushan Purim Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Music mix all the way until candlelighting time. Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami tomorrow. And of course, Matis and JM Sunday coming up starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. We are on our way to York, Pennsylvania. Go YU Max. <laughs> Have a fabulous Shabbos, a great weekend, everybody. Till Monday, Nachum Seagull reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.